up your wine. It's time for Rosé All Day and Julie's a Mess, where we talk about current events and living in an intersex life. And now, here's Julie. Welcome to Rosé All Day, Julie's and Us, episode 19. I can't believe it. 19. I mean, next episode, I'm not going to be a teenager anymore. I mean, into the thick of it. Um, welcome, everybody. So excited. Have so many things going on this week. Uh, it's such a great week to be here. We're going to get to our guests in just a second. Uh, just a couple of reminders. If you love me and you love what I do, you can always support by uh, joining our Patreon account that's set up for Just Julie. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, and you can always send us support through PayPal, Venmo, and Cash App. Uh, it is a lot of work to put this on each week, and I'm blessed for the help that I have, but everything can be more. So uh, more is more, and we love it when you support us that way. Uh, our wine this week, before we get into our guest, is by Urban Wines, and it's called Monkey Theorem. Comes in a can. When I got it today, I was calling it Planet of the Apes wine. That's not what it is. But I thought it was super appropriate since I had a monkey on it, and our guest later had a monkey counterpart for most of his career at Disney. <laughs> So I thought super appropriate. Now, I got this from Discount City Wines and Liquor in Lincoln, Nebraska. I was there for another event this morning, and I was telling them about Rosé All Day and Julie's a Mess. And uh, one of the owners, Judy, was like, oh, my gosh, you can take this home. It's been in our cabinet since 2018. I can't tell you how good it's <laughs> You can try it. And I was like, it doesn't have to be good wine. That's what a review is. So let's see. Crack it, girl. Mm. Not going to lie. Kind of smells like ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I should like it. <laughs> Monkey butt. It's actually not that bad. I mean, what's that line from Aladdin where the genie's like, I have a crick in my neck. I've been in the lamp for blah, blah, blah years. I mean, for a wine that's been in this bottle since 2018. Can. Can. Thank you very much. Can. <laughs> I'm not a can girl. I mean, it's not like a white claw. <laughs> I've tried. I've tried wine in a can. It's never been a success. I mean, it's not. This one's not bad. Pour it in my Just Julie cup. Watch me get tipsy by the end of the night. Yes, you are. With me, you will. Another Cheers, great girl. way to support. Cheers. Another great way to support JustJulie.com is by purchasing one of our wine tumblers, XX Wine. Those of you that follow me know that I am forty-seven XXY, and I do a lot of advocacy for the intersex community. You can have your own insulated wine glass. It is. A little bit on the expensive side, but it's expensive to be me. So get it. You can put milk in it if you want. What are you drinking, hon? 
I'm having a, a little vodka tonight. I'm I'm a little I'm a little harder than the wine girls. I mean, you've always gone hard. Speaking of going going hard or going home, my guest this week is the incredibly talented, infectious friend, Michael Booth. That's Booth, B-O-O-T-H, just like John Wilkes Booth. I've asked him a couple of no, times. No, he had an E, girl. Mm, he had an E. No, ma'am. Oh, my family me? did not kill. My family did not kill Lincoln. But you do shoot people in the back of the head sometimes. It's called donkey punching. <laughs> so, Michael, for everybody listening at home and watching us, either on a recast or tonight live, how long have we known each other, and how do we know each other? So, how long, and how do we know each other? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, we met when I transferred to Magic Kingdom in 1996. So 25 years. And oh, and I have to put a disclaimer. I have two Dobermans literally at my feet. So if you hear noises, it's them. So I apologize. Um, we met at Magic Kingdom um, and we became instant friends. You, I believe you were working at the duty desk. I don't know if you were the duty coordinator, but you were always at the duty desk. Somehow you didn't ever have to work. You just hung out. That's not true. I worked a lot. I was probably at Chip Hotline. Well, so, well yeah, you were in the offices, but we all, because I was always in the zoo hanging out and you were there and you would just make me laugh until my stomach hurt, which helped with my abs back in those days. True. Didn't help you with did. my abs, but it helped with yours. Girl, you've always been one of my funniest friends, and you to this day will always be. You make me laugh so much. But no, we have known each other for about 25 years. Um, I've known Bradford. I've known Julie. I've known Amanda. I've known them all. Um, I've got all photos. They're all of just as crazy. And the, and right? They're all just as crazy. Um, I remember us going to World of Disney, and we like did a photo shoot with random like toys, but we made them into hair accessories and things Tiaras, like that. Like, and yeah. Yeah. And that was back before iPhones. We were using like those little Motorola phones and stuff. Like, yeah, we go way, way. Go I mean, way. I've got stories. When we get to the part of the show with stories, I've got stories. I mean, we go back to New York. You took, you you took me around New York for the very first time. I know. And you've never been back. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> No, I actually no. know where I'm going now. But no, we went to Stonewall together. I have, we have that memory. Uh, the original yeah. Stonewall, not the Orlando Stonewall. No, the original. Yes. The original. And actually, the boy, I never realized, but the picture, the boys are like doing this, this behind us. We are, we are OG. OG. It's a photograph. It's a photograph, not an actual, like, it's not. It's a photograph, out. people. It's, it's a not, photograph. It's literally like when the woodpecker went into the camera on the Flintstones and like, Yes. We they had a little thing they put it over and then literally a stone wall. <laughs> <laughs> I was incredibly bigger at that point too. Incredibly bigger. Yes. Yes. I was quite large. I was large and in charge. You, yes, you were Miss Continental at large back then. Oh girl, I was Miss Continental and Europe at large back then. So I <laughs> Don't make me spit out my drink on my husband's yeah. computer. Sex with me back then was like going into a bounce house. Like, I... 
But not anymore. Honey, speaking of not anymore, can I tell you, hold on, can I tell you, you look so gorgeous tonight. Thank you. You look so beautiful. Your hair is gorgeous. Your makeup is on. My dogs agree. You look fabulous. Thank you. It's all the years of cocaine. <laughs> At a girl. And I got choked. I I really did. So this morning I went and stopped by to see some racist friends of mine in Lincoln. And one of them takes jujitsu. And he was showing us how to do choke holds. Now, I just wanted his hands around my neck because I think he's super attractive. But he right. did a choke hold on me and he let go. And I literally almost died. Right there. Like, I thought, it's not, I'm into it, but I'm not into it. Like, <laughs> I think that things like that are bad choices and made me skinny over the years. Well, that's why scarfing is, is, is you should be, you should be really careful with scarfing. What's scarfing? Well, you know, where you tie shit around your neck when you're, you know, it's like choke holding. It's the same thing. Same idea. Don't threaten me with a good time. I so, will not, um, lady. I will not. So we are going to roll right into, uh, but we have known each other a long time. He is part of our Disney series. So last yes. week we had good friend Jenny Machat on. And, uh, oh, she was so fabulous. Her time as uh, the mermaid and losing her shells in parade. We had a lot of fun last week. And this week we're talking to you. We're going to get more into your Disney time later. We're also going to talk about what you're currently doing with your life after Disney, but we'll talk about that at the end of the show. And then um, exciting, exciting. This is about the time that we go into current events. Oh, so much happening. So much happening. And so Especially much right now at my feet. I'm sorry. There's two um, dogs happening. You've got a dog pound down there. <laughs> I, almost, I almost feel like I should take my ears back and put points on them. And I can be like, no, 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 no. You're, you're good. You're good. You're gorgeous. So, Mr. Michael Boo. Yes, ma'am. Uh, current events. So, we, I picked out two. I shared them with you a little bit earlier. It's hard to figure out what you want to talk about each week. Um, right. But we decided that we would do, let me look, let me look, let me refresh my brain. Okay. Our first current event is Disney World. So, mm -hmm. the whole world is still... <laughs> Dealing with COVID on so many different levels. And the Delta right. strains back out there and people are vaccinated. Some people are not vaccinated. They're maskers, right. they're non-maskers. There are people that believe it's a conspiracy theory. They're, I mean, COVID right. crazy. And I got vaccinated recently because I had my breast surgery. And they're like, you know, if you got COVID, we can't operate. And I was like, nothing's staying in the, you know, like I gotta get rid of my King Louie body. So I went and got vaccinated, even though with lupus right. and all the other issues I have, people are warned against it. But I'd rather be safe than not safe. I know as a small business owner, you worry about this as much as anybody would, and you're vaccinated. It yes. seems like since the Disney... Now, this is the story. And you know, you and I both have a love for Disney. So it's, I'm not in any way um, bashing Disney. You're not either... But the story that was big on my news feed today was talking about how since the parks have reopened and they've become a little less lax on masking within their right. parks, it seems like Orange County is reporting that there has been influx in COVID cases since the parks reopened. And Jerry Demings, the mayor of Orange County, is saying yep. that it's 
as many as a thousand a day, which they're saying is more than they had during their peak last year. Right. What's going on in Orlando? Oh boy. Um, so I got vaccinated back in April, which was the very first day that 40 year olds in Orange County could get vaccinated. And that was thanks to Mayor Demings, actually, because our governor was being really kind of wishy-washy. And Mayor Demings said, you know what? We got to get these people vaccinated because they're the people who are on the workforce. And if they're not vaccinated, then they can't serve our guests and we can't have tourism, then we don't have an economy. And, you know, it's this whole thing. So I agree with him on that. And so I got vaccinated in April and I am a small business owner. I'm a hairdresser. I have my own studio in Winter Park. Um, And for a year plus, we were doing masks and all the things. And now that once they had uh, kind of loosened the mask situation in my studio, because it's just me and my guests, so it's one at a time. So because I know I'm vaccinated and I actually even have my card on my mirror for everyone to see. I have a little pin that I wear, um, not to put it in anyone's face, but just so everyone can know that they're safe with me. Um, And I have my vaccinated guests know that they can come in and we're safe. I still follow all of my COVID rules, but I, I, I am certain that I have guests that are unvaccinated that are coming in without a mask on because they just don't want to wear one. They were giving me problems when it we had to wear them. And so it, it's a it's a tricky situation here in Florida because I, I read today that 48.5% of our state is actually vaccinated. So that's good. That's a pretty good number considering, you know, and leave it to Florida, right? 48.5 to, you know, whatever the other half is. That's how Florida is. Um, so, uh, and then they, I think the number was over 60% with, um, people over 12 having at least one shot. So unfortunately it's not, I don't, th- I think the problem in Florida is not those of us that live here. It's our, I think it's tourism. I think it's, it's our tourism. It is. I mean, it's listen, y'all, it is packed right here. I live 10 minutes from Disney as, as you can see. Um, and traffic is ridiculous. Matter of fact, I, I left work early, like hours early today to make sure I could be home on time for this because coming to my side of town now, is ridiculous because there are it's just back-to-back traffic the stores are packed the parks are packed the water parks are packed i mean everywhere you go it's just people because i mean but down here we're calling it revenge vacationing because it seems like everybody's like just i'm going i'm getting out of my house and you know and and they know florida's wide open you can go do excursions you can go to disney you can you can go anywhere and do anything and pretty much without a mask so People who are vaccinated are fine, but the ones who aren't are just coming and doing. So I think that's part of the problem. I'm I mean, surprised. And, and part of the... Go ahead. I'm surprised shark attacks aren't on the rise in Florida because normally when there are a lot of people down there, the sharks are like, "Ah, oh, it's feeding frenzy." Well, but the shark actually. So actually, having watched Shark Tank or Shark Week, uh, Shark Tank, Shark Week, sharks actually are on the rise because of the last year. They're starting to produce more because we haven't been around. So it's fine. I love a good great white shark. And I mean, I'm probably, not, we all know I'm a little twisted. Just I love, I love a good shark attack. Right. Sometimes they're hot boys that get attacked too. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. I'm a shark. People say I'm a cougar, but sometimes I feel like I'm just a great white shark. You're not old enough to be years. a cougar. You're a puma. 
A puma? That makes me yeah. sound like a tennis shoe. Well, <laughs> okay. Back to Cougar. <laughs> so, um, okay. Speaking of Cougars. Okay. Uh, well, first let's go back to Disney. So do we think that, you do you see Disney revamping their guidelines again in the next coming yes. week? And maybe they all go back to mask and they're all going back to like, well, what's, you know, what's interesting about that is I just myself as a small business owner last week sent out an email to all of my clients saying, you know, masks aren't required if you're vaccinated, you know, things are a little bit more relaxed because I hadn't sent anything out since last year when it was, no, you have to wear a mask and these are all the new rules. So kind of following suit with everybody, I did the same thing. And now, I mean, if Disney's going to start requiring masks, I mean, I've got a husband who's about to have surgery, so things are about to change in my studio very rapidly because I have to make sure he's going to be okay. But with things on the rise and Florida being the leader in COVID cases right now, yeah, I mean, I, I, I absolutely see it. And it sucks because half are vaccinated, half aren't. And it's like, you know, 99% of the people that are in the hospital right now are not vaccinated. I mean, no I politics, actually... but... I would love to see, I know it's a push and I know it's crazy, but I'd actually so love hard. to see some of the characters on the park had masks. I mean, granted, we know like- That's actually, you, I have I, a picture like, of that. I think like if Pluto had a mask, people would be like, well, Pluto's wearing one, I'll put mine on too. Like, right. No, I agree. I it agree, could be a lot of fun. No, yes, I do. I do see masks coming back. I don't know how long. I Hopefully not for as long as it has been, but with everything happening the way it has been and kids going back to school and- Again, revenge vacation. Everybody's coming right now. It's like two weeks before school goes back. Well, two weeks until, until Florida goes back to school. And then what, four weeks before the rest of the country goes back? So, yeah. It would be cute. You could see Elsa with the spin mask on. You could see Belle with the beast mask on. And... Girl, and they could have like, have their lips printed, printed on there. Mm-hmm. It could be cute. It could be cute. We could have, we could have lamps put on there. Yeah. Yes. Jasmine could take her top that falls off and cover her face with it. I hear Kidding that Tracy happens. Kidding Tracy. I hear that happen. Shout out to Tracy. <laughs> He's probably like, shut up. Stop talking. So, um, why are Ariel's shells not on her chest? They're on her mouth. I don't know. Just um, right, because she needs a mask. Right. Uh, where'd you get your mask? Flounder found it. Where'd you get Um, so, uh, talking about cougars and going back to cougars and younger men, I always think of Demi Moore and Ashton Kutcher, but you know, now Ashton is with Mila Kunis. And E! News reported today that they did a podcast with Dak Shepard, who's married to, um, I always forget her name, but the Kristen Bell. Yes. Anna. Armchair expert. I'm a fan. So, so I am too. I love it. Um, anyway, he has a podcast with another woman and, uh, Ashton and Mila were on that podcast and it came up that their bathing habits, they don't wash their full body. Like Jack says, you just wash what's important. Mila says that they wash, um, pits, tits, holes, and soles. Yes. Ashton says that he washes every time he gets into the shower, he washes his pits and his crotch. No. I actually would be down to watch that myself. But um, 
That could be a, a only members situation. That could be like a Patreon. Like if you join my Patreon account, we can all watch Ashton Kutcher watches. Um, where was I? I'm I'm flooded with like. I got too <laughs> flustered, girl. I'm sorry. Like, we're talking about washing privates, baby. That's why you got flustered. Privates, washing privates. Well, and I'm in the feet too. So when I was like Ashton's pits, tits, holes, and soles, and it's crotch, you got excited. I'm there for that. Yeah, got warm. So, um, what what are your bathing routines? Do you feel like you need to wash the whole body with soap? Do you feel like it strips the body of natural oils, which is what Dax says? Right. I, we can talk about hair because I know as a hairstylist, you talk about the importance of not washing your hair every day. So when you sent me this, it was interesting because I would not have ever thought about that, but it makes sense to me because I tell my girls, especially girls with long hair, you don't have to wash your hair every day. Actually, washing your hair every day is bad because it creates, it makes your sebaceous glands react more. So your hair becomes more oily. So if you wash it less, you can rinse it with cold water and still re-blow dry it, but you don't necessarily have to put surfactants and soap on it. And well, so I, I, can see where it. I, can, I can see where they're coming from. Um, you know, wash the important stuff. I mean, I, when I shower, I wash head to toe, but I mean, I can see why that is, why that would be good. And I mean, they talked about their baby too, right? That was kind of part of the article. I think bathing, I did hear somebody the other day, there's a guy on TikTok that bathes his newborn baby in the shower when he is in the shower, because he said he can't imagine putting a baby or an adult body in a tub with all the filthy water in there. And I'm like, "Mm." yeah, there are people who don't like baths. They feel like it's butt water. Yeah. I mean, I like butt water. Whatever. I like butt water. I know you do, girl. That's why we're friends. <laughs> we're so much fun. You can have in a tub. Hello. I mean, even when I thought I was gay, rub a dub dub three minute in a tub sounds like a party to me. Don't call me late, girl. <laughs> And that's why you have oh, a Julie, old... I just love you, you crazy queen. Crazy, crazy. We need Dina here. That would be a mess. That would. Be oh a gosh, a mess. You should have her on as a guest one day. I wouldn't. So I watch should. That I want to. I think she's a riot. I would love to. Um, she's a bus driver now, so you can have all her fun bus stories. I know her Disney bus stories. Yes. Okay. Um, we are at the part of the show where. Julie's a mess. So I, I tell my guests, I tell my guests a story of something that's happened recently or from my past. And I stop midway through the story and I let my guests, based on how long they know me and how long they've known me, um, how the story may end. Yep. You don't get. I'm ready. Any, I think I got this one. I'm good. I mean, if you get really close to it, which I always preface, my friend Charlie has. I always try to get really close. Both. I know you. Um, So um, here we go. This story happened to me recently, and I have been receiving a lot of hate on TikTok for being an intersex individual and out there with my story and my public accounts. And um, 
there are times people always say you get flustered when you go out in public and people are obviously making fun of you or being overtly ignorant. And I usually say no, because that has nothing to do with me, but I am human and you do go out occasionally and it affects you for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So I went out to get essentials a couple of weeks ago. I, I haven't told the story a lot to people, but I went out a couple of weeks ago to get essentials. And I was having one of, and by essentials, I mean like laundry detergent and um, bounce sheets and like things I just needed to clean the house. Shopping, just a shopping day. And so I went out and I was in a smaller store in the town that I live in. And um, there was a mother and her young kid and they were, the kid wasn't as much, but the mother was on the phone and had another friend with her and they just kept making snide giggles and laughing at me whenever we passed on the aisles. And they always had something cutesy and snide to say. And after like the fifth aisle, I wanted to just push the whole shelving unit over on top of them and be like, oops, I slipped. Like I ran into it. Oops. Um, but I didn't, I, you know, I kept my calm. I kept shopping. I was like, it's not my issue. It's their issue. And then they made a trans comment. Oh, and I'm not trans. And we often talk about this in the intersex community and not that there's anything wrong with being trans, but there is a huge difference between intersex and trans. And there's a lot of stigma that comes with both sides and nobody likes being caught out. So she'd made some comment, some snide comment about how I looked, that I was ugly and something else. And so um, I went ahead and got my groceries and walked out to my car and she was hot on my heels with her daughter in tow. Michael Booth, you've known me for a long time and you know me in so many ways. What do you think happened after we rendezvoused in the parking lot? So she followed you out of the store, which yeah. means she approached you. She had something to say. And I don't know what she said. And I don't know what your reply would be, but I will bet whatever it was she said, you had some kind of brilliant, well thought out reply that put her in her place, taught her a thing or two in front of her child, and then you turned on your clipped heels and you clipped on back to your car. <laughs> Please tell me I'm right. You're pretty, Please tell me I'm right. You're pretty I close. I know I'm right. You're pretty close. I actually started to put my groceries in my truck and I was moving some things around. Oh, you have a and truck? You're so butch. Yeah, no, I'm not butch. It's, I called my truck Lollipop after a certain... Oh. <laughs> her name's Lolly. I love Lolly. Sorry. And she just, got a, she just got a Bluetooth radio this past week. Ooh. So, I mean, she's living her best life. She's a 92 Ranger. She's got about 152,000 miles on her. So she's got great mileage. And she was a guest from my cousin. So I went to pick her up in March and she's been a joy. I mean, I've had to put money into her. But what woman do you not have to put money into? Honey, every woman worth having is worth putting money into. That's right. She's So she's a lot of fun right now. But anyway. I love that. Anyway. I was 
putting groceries in her and I was moving things around and I, you know how like you go and grab things to like pull them out to like make room for stuff. So I pulled out a belt that was in my truck. The belt does not belong to me. It's not my belt, but it is a man's belt. And so I pulled it out. A friend <laughs> That's another it. story for another day. For another day. <laughs> and the young girl that was with the mom went, oh, my dad has a belt like that. And I went, I don't, I mean, you know, kids, it could have just been a brown belt. And the kid was like, my dad has a brown belt, like right. whatever. But in that moment, I grabbed that belt and I went, nobody was in my truck. But I kind of looked at like the inside of Lolly and I went, okay. So I turned around with the belt in my hand. I acknowledged the little girl. And then I walked right up to the mom and I said, your dad left this at my house last night. Can you make sure it gets back to him? At which point her mouth kind of drops, her mouth drops a little bit. And, um, and I said, it's amazing what men in this town actually like. And it's not necessarily women that have kids. <laughs> I mean, she I, she was in the parking lot with this belt and she was just staring at the belt and her kid and her kid was like looking at her and she's just staring at me like, and I was like, you know, and you get back in your car and I'm not this girl. I'm very kind to a, to, to a point, but I got Listen, back in the car. Pushed. I got back pushed. in the car and I felt every gay man in my collective society of gay men in my past being like, you go girl. Like, and I was like, don't mess with me. Don't come for me. Like, cause I'm going to be nice on so many levels. Right. But if you push, I, I'm i a rattlesnake. Like you corner me and I'm going to strike. And it's not always going to be cool. Well, you're a Gemini baby like me. And that's one thing we've always bonded over. And you never mess with a Gemini. I'm sorry. And they didn't know who they were messing with beyond that. But you don't mess with the Gemini. Do not back that. Don't back those twins into a corner because there's two of them coming for you. When every time I see this lady in public now, I wave at her. I'm like, hi. Did you, you gave her the belt, didn't you? You gave her that belt. I don't need it. It's a man's Enjoy belt. belt, sweetie. Mm -hmm. Girl, see, I knew it. I knew you. I know you. I know you. Yes, ma'am. And in that small town, you cracked her mug all over that pavement, honey. Well, I cracked it. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I was like, do I say her dad or do I say her husband? But I was like, I don't want to say her husband because her kid's here. So, so I, can, I tell you something that, can I tell you something that's really funny about this? Is So uh, we were just having a conversation this weekend with my husband. And we were talking about, because I went to a high school reunion, a uh, choir reunion. And we were, yes. you know, when I was in high school, I was picked on for being gay, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Well, my husband, who wasn't necessarily out, but more active at being gay in high school, but had a very popular older sister um, who was a cheerleader and everybody knew and loved and whatever. I'd asked him, I was like, did you, what was your high school experience like? And he's like, I really never got picked on. But he told me about this one time that he said they were sitting in class and like the teacher had walked away and the guy looked at him and started calling him a fag, fag, whatever. And he goes, you weren't saying that last night when you were in my bed. And I was like, you did not say that. He goes, oh, yes, I did. Shut him down. Shut yeah. it down. I wish I had balls like that when I was that age, but 
No, I, you know what, honey? I, I'm glad you did that because you got to stand up for yourself and it's not right for people to treat you that way. And sometimes you got to put them in their place. And if the belt fits, then you serve it. I think it would be even funnier in my head if she walked up to him and just went, you left us at somebody's house. And the dad was like, oh, thanks. I've been looking for <laughs> I was wondering where that belt was. Oh, thanks. I'd be like, crack. <laughs> crack that mother. We are now moving out of Julie's the mess. Very good, Michael. You and Charlie have been the only ones that have even come close. Um, Charlie, I mean, you're both guests right on the nose. So good job. Um, I will send you a wine tumbler for getting oh, it right. Thanks, girl. Well, I was going to buy one anyway, so. Well, then you can buy one and I'll send it. I'll, send I'll buy one and you can send me one. That way you can send me two. Buy one, get one. Then you and, Jason and you're getting a wig. Don't forget. I know. I love it. Plug. Then when I get my wig, I can be like, my hair tonight is sponsored by Michael Booth. You better believe it, girl. Um, I'm trying to think, do I want one like this or do I want one longer? You get whatever want... you want. Whatever you want. This is called toffee cream, and I like it, but I would like to see something blonder. So yeah. I got to look at their I, I would. I like that. I like that style. Maybe, yeah, lighter. But I love that. Come on, y'all. Tell her in the comments. That style. Tell me she's not gorgeous tonight. That hair is everything. It is everything. My favorite My favorite hair so far. Everything. Mm -hmm. I love it. All okay. Of it. Now we're going into a section of the show called Five Questions. Our viewers and followers, uh, we do okay. this every week. Uh, but right. this week and last week, they were kind of centered around our time and your time at Disney. So for the right. people listening at home, who are you? Who is, who is your VIP buddy? And who was your um, face character buddy? Okay. So I started working at Epcot in 1995 when I was 18 years old. I was just a little nugget. And my VIP character at that time was, a VIP buddy at that time was Pluto. And I was, <laughs> it was funny. I was five, nine and a half pushing five, 10. And there's a height range situation with Disney. So if you're between the height of 5'8 and 5'11 and a half, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, and I'm 5'10. I'm 5'10. So, yeah, what can I do? So uh, my VIP buddy was Pluto. But very soon after I started my career with Disney, um, about six months in, as a young, young man, um, I began hanging out with a dude named Aladdin. And he became my very best friend for many, many, many years. You know, he's a street rat. <laughs> oh, she dirty in all the right ways, honey. All the right ways. <laughs> and for those that don't know, sometimes Aladdin would go into his formal wear, which was known as Prince Ali. Prince Ali. She was a drag Prince queen. Ali, she was a little bit of a drag queen. I know. Look at that lamp. Is that Honey, an official? She's got props. Is that an, she is ready. Is that an official lamp from the Disney store? It, yeah. <gasps> Y'all, the genie's in it. You can't He's be not in listen, it anymore. Honey, you can't be. You can't be Aladdin without being official. That's true. 
That's yes. true. No. So yes, Aladdin was my was my best friend for many years. Um, I was very young when I met him. Um, ironically enough, when I was a senior in high school, that was my head of choir director, and she would always put on like Disney movies to be like, "Here's your class credit." And we had started watching Aladdin. I did not see it in the theater, but after we watched it that day, I went to the store that night and bought it. It was my very first Disney movie I ever bought. Little did I know he and I were going to become the best of friends. And so here's my question for those. We didn't, sure. we didn't talk on it last night. This is one of your questions. I don't really consider this one of the five questions. We're just kind of going into it, but okay. a lot of people don't realize that when you're cast in a role, a, what we call face character for those of us that right. have been there forever, um, you go through training. Like they make you watch that movie over and over and over and over and over again. And you have to learn the cadence of the character and how they every talk single detail, everything. every person, every character, every everything. Was there a moment during that training for Aladdin where you thought, seriously, I have to learn this? Um, I will say this. Yes. When I went through Aladdin training, yes. But eventually in my career, I actually became the face character trainer. So it was my job to train characters. And what you don't realize when you first start is that kids are smart. Kids are so smart and they pay attention to every teeny, tiny, minuscule detail. And you better know it because they're going to ask you a question. And if you don't have an answer, you're done. You're done. And they, I mean, they were like, they would ask. So when I worked in Epcot, I was lucky because when I worked at Epcot. Hi, Ryan Brooks. Sorry, I'm saying hi to the people that are joining. Hi, Ryan. Or, or I'm sorry, when, when Aladdin and I hung out at Epcot, we were lucky because there was actually a carpet store near our set location. Yeah, because so you were in Morocco. I was in Morocco. That's where I started. And they would ask where carpet was. And I would tell them, oh, he's over in the carpet store getting a tassel rotation. Or when uh, at Magic Kingdom, when I was hanging out with him, we had another set location. It was this Arabian style setup. And they would ask where Abu was. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he just went right there. I mean, they would, you just had to be, you had to be ready. And you had to be ready for the kids, but you also had to be ready for the parents because the parents, usually the dads would, you know, yes. they want to come up and they like want to stump you because like, oh, and ask some stupid question. But you can never break character. I know last week, Jenny and you had kind of talked about this. You can never break character. You are that character from the minute you walk out until the minute you step in. You cannot have... I can't have a Michael Booth reaction, which is pulling attitude and throwing shade. But, uh, you know, when you're portraying well, someone often, else. So really, when you're a face character in that situation, and my sister did Belle, uh, was friends with Belle for a while. Yes. You, you have to live honestly in the moment of where you're from, so France. Yep. But then, so you can talk about France, but then really outside of your small provincial town from your movie, the only other place that takes residency in your head is Disney World. Right. So if somebody yeah. came up and said, oh, I watch it on my DVD, your response should be, what's a DVD? Like, oh, I had someone know. actually ask me one time, so many years ago, actually I was at Epcot and it was super, super, super cold and I was in my winter wear. So all I had was my Fez and a black jacket on. And this couple came up to me and said, can you take our picture? Because they didn't know I was anything more than just a person working at Epcot. And I took the camera and I was like, I don't, what is this? I, don't, I have no idea what this is. And my escort greeter came over and handled it. But it was one of those situations where these people were looking at me like, what's wrong with you? It's a camera. 
But I was right, trying to stay in character. Right. I had to stay in character. Where's the genie? He could do it. Um, yeah. Okay. We met a lot of kids at Disney. Mm-hmm. And we just talked a little bit about how kids were great, Ryan. Thanks for joining. Uh, we met, we talked about some last week, but we just talked a little bit just now about kids being really smart mm-hmm. and engaged. What is one of your favorite memories or stories involving a kid at Disney while you were in character? Okay, so I'm going to look like a really shady queen telling this story. And I own it. I own all of it. Okay, so I had a young lady from California who just, I was, I'm, Aladdin was her favorite. And every time she came, she would find me, always, for probably three years. Well, there was a day that I, now there was myself, my name is Michael Booth, and then there was another friend of Aladdin. His name was Mike B also, but he went by Mike. And so one day I was in parade doing my thing as Prince Ali. And when I get done with parade, they're like, you need to come with us right now. And I had to go do a uh, guest relations VIP meeting. And you know how important those are. When you're picked for, if you have a guest relations meeting, that means they have a special room. Something is happening. It's a big deal, right? Yeah. So they whisk me into this room and there's my family. There's the mother and the little girl. And I see them and I hug them. And it was after the meeting. This is where the moment comes in. This is my favorite moment. It's terrible because the other Aladdin and I were kind of rivals because it was a seniority thing. You remember like seniority was a big deal. He had more seniority than I did. I looked better than he did, but he had more seniority. He had more seniority. And so it was always kind of a battle between us. It's anyone who's a dancer or even a server, you understand there's this competition. And so because I was on parade and they got the names mixed up, they pulled the other Aladdin from his set location and brought him into the VIP area. And he walked in and my little girl looked at him and said, you're not Aladdin, who are you? And so they sent him away. (laughs) They waited. Until Aladdin was done with parade and then they brought me in. That's my most favorite child memory because she was like seven years old. There's like, it was just the craziest thing that a child would know the difference that much, but we had seen each other so much. So that is my most favorite memory. It's terrible because I'm horrible because I take pleasure on someone else's not. No, but I mean, I mean, I thought, I mean, there were so many Aladdins there because I remember Patrick Strawbridge used to do Ali a lot of great shows. You know, he told me something recently and I was like, what? Why didn't I know that at Disney? You and I can talk about that later. I was we'll talk like, about that, that after the show. That would have yeah. changed my trajectory tenfold <laughs> and you waited 25 years to say something? Shame mm. on you. Too long, bro. Um, too long. Too long. I love the stories that you'll see every once in a while on social media about how people will go back and find a certain Snow White that's now much older and uh, doing a different role and they'll recognize her. And then that certain fairy godmother remembers them, oddly enough. And you think, 
who can remember all those kids we saw all the time? But she does. She has the memory of an elephant. That woman, there is never going to be another woman like her. And anyone that has grace to know her either direction is blessed because that woman is amazing. And I'm hoping that characters start to come back in in fold now that the parks are reopening because, you know, I've heard that their brains aren't running and that, you know, they're yeah. slowly building back. Like, that's so sad. And yeah, um, uh, Alicia and Raphael were on here a couple of weeks ago and they asked if I would ever go back. And I was like, if I could go back as a certain FG, maybe. Mm. Mm-hmm. That'd be fine. That would be fun. But. You know, but do you know the person we're talking about will beat you with a stick to not take her five-day role? Well, I know, but you can't live forever. <laughs> it's, but it's her walking stick. No, I'm just kidding. I'm but kidding. I, I, don't, don't, I don't mean that. But let's be honest. Let's be honest. I also don't look old enough to be a godmother. No, you don't. I'm going to have to wait. Like You're in your Lady Tremaine years. situation right now. I know, but I'm going to have to be like 30 more years. I'm going to have to wait. To have that lovable. Like right now, I totally am giving you full on Maleficent. Like, <laughs> my favorite. She's my favorite. Aurora. Mm, my um, okay. So that was your favorite child memory. What? Is there a time? I remember a lot of them. And we got away with murder. Yes, we did. Working in entertainment. Is there a moment that you really thought, oh crap, I'm getting fired? Oh boy, you're gonna have to ask a big one. So again, oh, she's juicy. (laughs) It's a good one. It's a good one. It involves photos before uh, Facebook and, and cell phones. So now let's be honest, back in the day when we worked there, they told us in, that you cannot take illegal photos. They knew no. we had photos and that we wanted to take behind the scenes photos. Right. One of our good friends used to stage photos all the time backstage before parade to make sure, and he took beautiful photos. But a lot yes. of those photos would have been considered not taken by Disney, not taken for a specific reason. Therefore, they would have been contraband. Right. So let's preface that before you go into the story. His photos were nothing like what I'm about to tell you about. Okay. Nothing. So I was working at Epcot. I was probably 18 years old at the time. So to put things in perspective, I had one of those little 35 millimeter Kodak cameras, disposable cameras that I carried with me everywhere. And Aladdin and I were hanging out in the Morocco slash France trailer. So Belle, Beast, Aladdin, Jasmine. Maleficent when she showed up, which she happened to be there, that particular situation. We're all hanging out in the trailer. And back in those days, you had a lot of break time. And there was a camera and wigs and costumes and gays. And well, you can only imagine where that went. Oh, Lord. So there was wig trading and costume trading and inappropriate photos. It was like all RuPaul's say, Drag Race before RuPaul's Drag Race. All I'm going to say is Esmeralda and Clopan, inappropriate. I'm sure you can go from there. Oh, yeah. We didn't tell people. You also used to be friends with Clopan. Yes. I, he was, I was actually, he and I were the first to enter Epcot ever when the movie came out. We were the very first I Epcot. I actually 
Yeah. I loved you in that role. Can you he do was a little can you do a little bit of his voice still? Oh God. Oh, it's been many years. Uh let's see. Uh welcome to the Feast of Fools. Uh, don't grab my ass, Grandma. That's my that's my tunic under there. <laughs> I got molested by old women when I did that role. It was great. I'm sure. I'm telling um, you, because they did. They would grab everything. Because it was nothing but like tights and uh and suspenders and then a tunic that went over. So when we would get together for pictures, there were hands on the front and the back. It literally was topsy-turvy every day for you. Every day. It was a nuts situation. Midwestern women, topsy-turvy for Michael. You know how they are. Uh, okay, so photos. So we took all these photos and... Of course, I go and get everything developed. I put them in a photo album because, you know, it was like 1995. And I take them to work and like an idiot, I leave them behind. They get found by the costuming manager and I get pulled into the office with an HR manager, a um, union rep. Like, like it was it was serious. It was really serious. And they were going to fire me like I was suspended with no pay. Everyone in the photos got reprimands. I mean, it was bad. It was really, really bad. And for somehow or another, because we, if you remember back in the day, we used to do those character banquet videos, which were yeah. super inappropriate and very, mm -hmm. very inappropriate. Yeah. Well, my boyfriend at the time was part of the production team. So I just threw, I don't ask me why I had a blank videotape, probably because I had porn on there. Threw a blank videotape out on the table and said, my mom you is watching this. I don't oh, I'm sorry, it. mom. <laughs> um, okay, she likes porn. Hey, hey, Bootsy, remember I'm me? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I threw the, the tape out on the table and said, you know, if you're going to fire me, then I can send this to the media, which it was a blank tape. There was nothing on it. But that was the time I really thought I was going to get fired. It was for inappropriate pictures. I had to bring every photo and the negatives in to be destroyed before I was allowed to come back to work. So I have no evidence of any of it. But I'm sure somebody has pictures somewhere. I think someone does, because I think I gave away the copies. But yeah, that was my moment when I thought for sure I was going to get fired. If you're watching this and you have any of those photos, I would like to see them. I mean, I got in my If I Listen, I'll find some for you. Yeah. I mean, I heard a luau pictures that were a lot like that. I don't know about that luau. They were they did some stuff over there now. They did. I should have him on my show. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. He'd be like, grass skirts while you're doing it. Right. We can't talk about Cheers. pearly shells from the ocean. Um, right. Yes. Um, hey Charles. Hey Blair. Hi, Blair. And hi to Naquin. To Naquin. 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 So yeah. okay, so that was question. I that was about question two for us. Um what is your favorite memory of me? Hmm. I was going to say you? your question. Well, your next question would be what's your favorite memory of us? So technically they could pair into one memory, I guess. Hmm. Okay. Favorite memory. God, see, of us is going to be hard. Favorite memory of you is easy. Favorite memory of you is when you came to see me in New York. So I got to go on a trip. It was my very first trip. So as a character performer, it was a big deal to be selected to go on a trip out of state. Right. And I was actually cast to do a parade in New York City as Aladdin. And it was a huge deal. It's the first time I'd ever been picked. 
It was for and the Disney of, tour, wasn't it? For the, the Disney no, tour? No, it was for the Columbus, Columbus Day Parade 1998, mm-hmm. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Which I know Columbus Day now is very controversial, but it's still my story. But back then, there was a day in a party. Back then, it was it was what it was. So anyway, we got we actually were flown to New York and we got a room. I remember I had I was the only boy on the trip, so I had my own room. And you were living in New Jersey, and I. The thing I will say this, I will pause and say this before Facebook and social media and cell phones and any of this, this queen right here was very good at staying up with the people that she cared about. And we always stayed in touch no matter what you, I remember you sent me like, like He-Man stickers and t-shirts and all kinds of crazy stuff. And I, I like, I have all of that, but in you came and you rode the train and you were living in New Jersey and you came to see me and I had my own room. And you stayed with me and I had a $90 per diem, which back then was a huge amount of money because it was like $30, I think, for a city. And we got $90. And we went and we ate like pizza and cheesecake and we rode the subway. And we just like ran around. Your hotel caught on fire. Oh, that's right. My hotel did catch on fire. Michelle Fluke was your coordinator. Yeah, she was my manager. Mm -hmm. And Jennifer Lopez was a a L'Oreal girl then because she was worth it. Remember, she was out of our window. She was, she was worth it right now. She was worth it. And, um, yeah, I'm not even going to continue the rest of the story. I mean, you So the favorite memory of, I would say that's my favorite memory of you and our favorite memory of us. Oh gosh, I'm going to dig deep. Do you remember when Amanda Summers, Summer Sumner, Summers and I went to Pulse that one time? That would probably be my us favorite. And that was... and... And cocktails. When Pulse first opened, like y'all before, well before any of it it became famous, like she had just opened in like 2003 or Mm -hmm. four. And you and I had an evening out. Jason was working and you and I went and we hung out and we had, there was like four people in the bar. Yeah. But we were gorgeous. Two other of my lesbian friends from Discovery Cove. Yes. And we all like just kikied on our own. Lived. Yeah. That's right, Discovery Cove. You got my mom in Discovery Cove. Yeah. You're so fabulous with that. I know. Also, really big. I'm so big back then. That's all I remember. So I guess that's three. Okay. I took up too much time. No, you're fine. So, um, okay. So, question number five, I guess, from a Disney track would be: Is there a character or dance role you did not get to fulfill while you were at Disney that you wanted to? Maybe based on height range, or maybe just yes. based on. Um, well, there would be two two answers to that. My height range question would be: I always wanted to be Queen of Hearts, and you know, Magic Kingdom—they didn't give a shit about your height. So one day they let me actually go out as Queen of Hearts. And I was so short, I went to like have an act, like try to have a reaction to a kid. And when I went to chase him, I stepped in my dress and I fell and that busted my ass. Serious. Oh my God, I cut my hands. Cause remember they had the thin gloves. I cut my hand, like I was broken. And that was the only time I got to do it, but I wasn't tall enough. So I would say I wanted to be taller. I wanted to be like two inches taller to do anything beyond what I was able to do. But my most regrettable role that I missed. Been, well, yeah, but then when you think of it like that, you wouldn't have gotten to be Aladdin. You wouldn't have gotten to be Flopon. I could have been a six-foot Aladdin. Frankie was. Well, Frankie, I feel like and they Patrick was tall. There were there were Patrick a lot of tall cool. Aladdins. There were a lot, and they had big lamps, from what I understand. Well, no sorry, problem. mom. 
We'll but no, my, my most we'll miserable would be um, Hunchback. I didn't get a chance to do Hunchback. I wish I would have had a chance to do Hunchback. That would have been And that would have completed the circle for you. Yeah. Kind well, of. I went to the studios as a, as a cosmetologist after I left as a character. I remember so I that. started at Epcot. I went to Magic Kingdom. And then I left and went to Animal Kingdom. And then I left for three years. And then I went to MGM Hollywood Studios as a cosmetologist uh, for about six weeks. And I hated it and I quit. Sad. I wish I could have been a chef at the Beauty and the Beast show. Oh, right. You would have been would so have been cute Beauty and the Beast. my best life. I'd be like... <laughs> Giving your cupcake be our away. Guest, be our guest. I love it. I couldn't do it now. Couldn't do it now. Right? You're so busty. Uh, I'm so busty. Right? I'd have to be that Sunday that comes out and is like... <laughs> And she drops the top. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I wanted to be a jello mold when I first saw the show. I was like, I saw Melanie Hobbs as a jello mold, and I was like, right. that is a cute costume. That was a I'd cute wear that right to, I'd wear that right into Times Square. People mm-hmm. would be like, where is she from? A buffet. A bu- <laughs> Take a bite, girl. Take a bite. You know, I actually did wicks for that show. I got, I trained in that show for like a month. It was fabulous. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. Let me tell you, that quick change for the end of the show is no joke. It is choreographed to the T. Where she goes from, um, where she goes from street to, to glory in like 30 seconds. There are se- seven people. I'm not even kidding. Seven people. That dress, the dress that she used to wear when we, when that show first started was my favorite bell dress because it had the, the really definitive folds in the dress and they were all like, and Tia said it weighed like 98 pounds. And I was like, that's my dress. It did. I asked Jenny last week what her favorite tail was. And we talked about a different, a bunch of them. I think, I don't, I can't remember what she said, but um, that dress, it's changed so much in the last 25 years. And now I'm like, you know, when my sister was doing Belle, her now husband had said, Looks like you're wearing a parachute. You look like you're melting into an egg yolk. And I thought, yeah, I miss the old, like, really formal. Those dresses weighed 75 pounds back in the day. Like, they were real. They weren't, like, Nicole Queenan will tell you that she had scars on her shoulders from wearing that dress for parade. I mean, I don't care. (laughs) Hey, beauty is pain, honey. If it don't hurt, it ain't worth it. Pain is beautiful. Mm. Maybe that's why Tracy Gudis' top fell off. Maybe it was just hefty. It was just too painful. Snap. So there's the beauty. Right, there's the beauty. And and a lot of men that day found beauty in the parade. Um, okay, is that five questions? I think that's five I questions. I think so, yeah, I'm okay. sure. So we are coming up on the hour, which is great. We're doing great on time. Uh, Michael, tell us what you're doing now after Disney. You mentioned it a little bit earlier about being a hairstylist, but I think you downplay it sometimes. Uh, for a while, you were the lead colorist in Florida with Paul Mitchell. So um, tell us what you have going on in your life now. So at the moment, I am the proud owner of an almost seven-year-old studio. It'll be seven years old on August 7th. Um, I have my own little studio in Winter Park, Florida. I am 
I'm a hairstylist. I love what I do. Um, many years before that, I was an educator for Paul Mitchell. I used to travel into salons and teach other professionals how to fix their problems with the product that was Paul Mitchell, um, which taught me a lot. It really, I will say working at Disney, being in choir in high school, um, and working for Paul Mitchell have made me the best hairstylist I can be. Um, but that's what's going on. I just, I'm, I've humbly run a little studio. I love my clients. You're married. Let's not I am married. That. I am a 20, uh, no, 18 years married, 22 years together to a fabulous man. Um, you met him right after, you met him right after our New York trip. Yes. It was. Yeah. Cause I met him the year after that. That's right. We started dating in 1999. I should have attacked you in that hotel room at the you, you should. Yeah, that was your chance, girl. That I was know, it. I said that once to you, and you're like, could have, would have, should I was like, Julie? The one that got away. The one that got what? away. I wouldn't have gotten away. Hmm. I should I should <laughs> I should have chased you on the subway faster. <laughs> that was back when we had to do tokens. Do you remember that? The little tokens with the whole Yeah, deal? I always said back then I thought that, that would be that was the metro card and i always said if people want a cheap gift they should save a token from the subway and put it on a, a chain and that yes. would be the perfect i always used to say that and people are like that's a great gift idea and i'm like and then the next time you're in new york if you don't have a metro card you need to rip your necklace off and throw it in the chain but uh and get to where you're going i still have my i actually still have, i had one coin left over from our trip i still have it you should turn it into a necklace or a bracelet mm-hmm. Well, maybe I'll send it to you as a necklace for one of your birthdays or something. Well, I just had one, so you're late. <laughs> I know. I'll have to wait. I know. But 17th, I know. The 18th. Well, that's what I meant. <laughs> you just like to be early. Okay. So now um, you get to ask me one question at the yes. end of the show. This is where you get to ask me one question that maybe you always wanted to ask or never really understood how to word it or weren't sure if you were offending me. Um, and, and none of that matters in my advocacy and education for being intersex. So you get to ask one question, I get to answer it for you. And then I also get to educate the masses that are listening or following uh, the podcast and the show. So Michael, the floor is yours. Okay. So I thought long and hard about this and Jason and I actually sat down to have a conversation. And my question, I don't know if he's going to, directly address but i it's the question that we have because you and i have talked a lot there's not a lot that i have questions about because you've been very candid with me over the years we've been very close you have never held anything back so the question that i would have for you or i would say we because this is a we question and follow me on this one Living as a gay man through the 90s and the early 2000s, and now living as an intersex woman, not a trans woman, as an intersex woman, but would you, are people more accepting of you as a gay man then or as a intersex woman now? Or like, what are the challenges socially that you face having been in two very adverse groups in your life? It's that's my funny. question. Yeah, it's funny because when I identified as a gay man and really thought that's what it was, I, when right. I explain it to people, I had a lot of female energy in me. And I 
didn't have an outlet to go talk to anybody. You know, my uncle was gay, but I was 10 when he committed suicide. So I couldn't really reach out to him. And I didn't really understand everything that I identified with him and was attracted to him and kind of his lifestyle, but I couldn't really say, is this what it means to be gay? Right. Um, I also, it's interesting enough because right before he died, he pulled my mom aside and said, protect, protect that one. They're special. Yeah. And I thought he recognized something in me that I didn't recognize necessarily in myself. My mom tells that story all the time. And I'm like, um, wow, that's I, powerful. But identifying as gay men, you know, my first kind of introduction to gay men was Disney and working in entertainment. And I quickly got to see some of the horrible stereotypical um Is it influence? I don't want to say influences, but I got to see so many of the gay community working at Disney that some were good and some were bad. You know, and I saw that, I mean, I love everybody we worked with, but there was a lot of sexual tension in that too. Oh, and yeah. You got to see yeah. it. You got to see it all the time. Yeah. And um, I struggled being gay because a lot of gay men would say to me, you're too feminine or right. you do drag or you're not what I'm interested in, or you're too right. much of a girl. And I never really understood that. Like, I thought, isn't that what gay is? Like, right. don't we all kind of have shades of that? Like, I didn't get it. In this form, I mean, we joke. I get a lot of attention. Hmm. A lot. You know, as a gay man, I always heard, you're cute. And that's kind of where it ended. And then, so would you say you're more accepted? You're you more, you're having your. I think I'm more? having my best life in this body and form. I get mm -hmm. I get attention from straight men. I get attention from gay men. I get attention from young boys. I get attention from high school boys. I get attention from college men. I get attention from old men that are way past their prime in their eighties. I mean, I went to an event this morning, and a male twenty five year old macaw parrot was winking and waving at me. Hey. And I was like, hey, my milk chick brings all the birds to the yard. Um, <laughs> I mean, and my friend laughed about it, but I thought I must be exuding some kind of energy in this form that I'm literally, my dance card is full. Good. Now, it's not with necessarily anybody that I'd want to settle down with. And it right. all is kind of sexual in nature and an overtone. But it seems like I'm more accepted. Well, I'm more accepted by the male community in this form. Females are still a little bit like, I'm right. unsure of her. Threatened. Do you know what I mean? Like, I laugh mm -hmm. at those songs where it's like, lock up your husband and your boyfriends because here comes Julie. And I'm like, well. True statement, ladies and gentlemen. True statement. But I mean, it is what it is. And that's, you know, it's, I had somebody recently message me and say, I'm more attracted to you right now than I am a girlfriend. And I thought, well, that's a problem. And he said, what's the problem? And I'm like, you're already spoken for. And I'm not going to date married or take him. And I, I don't want to put myself in that situation. I'm flattered by your compliment, but that's not what I'm looking for either. 
you right. need to be more engaged with your girlfriend or wife. But um, I'm getting a lot of attention. But again, not necessarily always good attention. Right. But in the Well, storm, I mean, it's not necessarily about attention as much as it is. Do you, would you, are you more, uh, no, I know you live in Nebraska, so this is a very unfair question. And I, I think that. you're asking, am I more comfortable in this body than I am in the male form? Because a lot of people ask that too. Which I still not, feel necess- not necessarily because I know you're comfortable either way. That's not yeah. necessarily the question. I want to know how people are perceiving and receiving you as Bradford versus Julie because that really because I mean I know what I went through as a gay man, but you I had think- to go through it as a gay man and now as a intersex woman that you're being sometimes people confuse you as a trans woman and yeah. that's got to be challenging. That's challenging, but I am a huge advocate of people's perceptions won't change unless you tell your story and educate and advocate and talk to them. Now, on some level, they have to be open to what you're saying. Knowledge conquers fear, my friend. And not everybody is always open to it. And I do live in a very conservative state. But when I talk to people in conservative and in, in less and in more liberal cities like Omaha or Lincoln, there is a direct, oh my gosh, your story is amazing. It should be told. You know, you probably have a really hard time in the state. When I talk to people in smaller cities in the state, yeah, there's pushback. Yeah. But it's only because they don't know and they've never heard of it. I said on TikTok the other day, somebody kept saying, oh, it's so rare. It's so rare what you're going through. And I said, no, it's not. It's not rare at all. We are 2% of the world's global population. And that 2% is 2% that have achieved not being aborted and not killing themselves after being marginalized and dissected and operated on. Yep. So the 2% is a leftover number of what it really could be or is. Sorry, Alexa's talking to me. It's okay. So, I mean, that's what that is, right? It's 2%. It seems rare, but it's not. It's just that right. that 2% is what survived. Can I tell you today, I, and I, I hope you'll be proud of me, but today I had a, a guest that was sitting in my chair and I was telling her about this podcast tonight. And I mentioned the word intersex and she looked at me confused. And I had a lengthy educational conversation with my guest today who now is understanding of what intersex people are, who they are, that they are a part of our community. They're 2% of our population. And she has a better understanding now. I mean, and it was one of those things like it never crossed her path. She, it wasn't a part of her world. But now because of you and because of our friendship, she's now, you know, and I just, I, I was really proud of that, that I could share that with her. I appreciate that. And that's how we move forward. And that's, I said yesterday, I said, look, imagine meeting somebody that's never, ever experienced anybody with breast cancer. Right. Ever. You don't know anybody with breast cancer. Nobody in their town's ever had breast cancer that they know of. They don't really understand what chemo is. They don't understand that the woman may have to have a mastectomy. Right. That does not mean that person is ignorant we're dumb. It just means it's never been in their wheelhouse before. And that's where education comes in. It's the same with intersex. Now, in my defense, there are a lot of people coming out as intersex. 
And there are a lot of people starting to come out and share their story. And that's golden. Because without that, we don't move forward. We don't. And I, one of my biggest things, and I tell everybody this, my dad was recently, we were recently talking about it. It's look, my story and what I've gone through in my life may, may be different from what you've gone through, but I don't think anybody gets to leave this planet without going through something very cataclysmic and chaotic in their life. Amen. You've said that before, and I agree with that completely. So, you know, my story is not necessarily my, my, my struggle, I should say, because my story is different, but my struggle is not necessarily any different or more important than your struggle. Or than Jason's, who's about to have hip surgery, or from Hoggle, or from somebody, you know. But, but I choose to tell and talk about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. Because well, in doing that, you really are expanding notions and opening boxes that people have never cared to open before and never cared to look in. You're really unboxing situations that people absolutely have never even thought about unboxing before. And there is power in that. Mm-hmm. Knowledge conquers fear, my love. And that is one of the things I learned working for Paul Mitchell. And I will always use that because I agree with that. When you know more, you're afraid less. Well, I love you so much. I coming, love you. We are coming to the end of our show. You and I are going to stay in the studio after this wrap so we can talk and catch up some more. But for everybody that's joined us this evening, thank you so much. Uh, Everybody that's joined in in the chat, thank you. For people that continue to support the show and this run, uh, so much gratitude towards you, coming towards you. I hope everybody has a great week. Uh, I have to remind you that next week, August 3rd, I will be being joined by my lawyer from UCF, Irene Pons, also a former Disney cast member and part of our Disney girl, family. We love her. And we are going to be talking about updates to the Alabama gender fight that I've been in for the last, for the better part Deal. of four or five years. So, um, and I would hope that you would all join us next week. It's a very special edition of Rosé All Day. Julie's a mess. I'm also appearing this week on Ian Garlic's podcast, we will get information up about that. I do that interview on Thursday. It is about real life um, law verdicts and how people are changing perceptions and stories. So we're going to talk about the Florida case from two years ago, how that ended. We're going to talk about Alabama. So a lot of good stuff is in the pipe. Once again, you can hit me up at Cash App, Venmo, or PayPal, which is running right below you on the screen to support this podcast and all future our future advocate endeavors. You can also reach out to us on Patreon and for as low as $5 a month, you can get extra, right? You can join us after the show and, and get extra things for your support. So um, before I start to cry, because I usually always do, when I think about how blessed I really have been in the last year, thank you for joining us and we will see you next week. As I try a different rosé, speak to Irene and continue with a healthy lifestyle of what it's like to live in an intersex body. Much love to everybody and have a great week. For more content, follow JustJulie.com. That's just Julie, J-U-L-E-I-G-H.com. 
thank you to our guests and thank you for joining us this evening join us next week as julie tries a different rosé 